Yeah, I love I love all that. I love all that language that um, that Rich uses, and you've used it this morning, Holly. Uh, that every every child that is created in in the image of God and and Rich are doing all they can to spark that divine that is in everyone, and uh, certainly within our children. I suppose that the, the, why I love that Holly's here and why I love that she's in the school within our community is because it's one of those things you pray about. Like we find ourselves increasingly in the heart of our community praying that the kingdom would come, praying that, uh, that God would use us to be, uh, to be a blessing to this place. And now this morning we hear that uh, this incredible organization, faith-based are, are making their way into the school and now we have a chance to put feet. We have a chance to, to put feet to the prayers that we've been praying, to put into action, to be, the, to be in some way an answer to the prayers that we've been praying for our community. And, um, and so I love that. And so please, whatever, whenever, you're, whenever you're leaving today, if, if all you can commit to at the minute is that you're going to pray, let Holly know. Let Holly know that you're going to be praying. We, we can commit to that. We know that for sure, Holly. Um, but maybe you're, maybe you know that you're. Uh, I know how everybody's week looks, but maybe there is an R that you have that you could give, um, give this to helping, to physically coming alongside uh, these these young boys and girls, and um, uh, and maybe maybe this is just what sparks you when it comes to giving. Maybe this is the area of life that you are. Uh, that you would love to be able to support financially. And uh, again, let Holly know. Just let her know that you're praying for her or that you can help her or that you can, you can give towards what, uh, what she's doing. Based a, wee bit on, um, based a wee bit on that, a wee bit on what, we've, uh, what we're thinking about this morning around um, reach mentoring and what they're doing, I've I've been um, just almost I feel like I've been hooked on a couple of verses in Jeremiah twenty nine, and so for those of you who were at the at the castle on Friday morning, forgive me, you're maybe going to hear a wee bit of stuff that you've already heard, but I feel like my mind has been nowhere else uh, in terms of feeling what the Lord is saying, what He's challenging, what He's provoking in me. Um, and so we're going to just take another few moments to look at these few verses in Jeremiah 29. And before you rush to verse 11, that's not where we're going. Jeremiah 29, verses 5, uh, 4, I'll start at 4, verses 4 through to 7. Um, so just so you know, uh, Jeremiah is writing this to a people who have been exiled. They've been taken away from all that they've known taken away from all their comforts, taken away from everything that they've been used to, and they're in a place of exile. And, um, and so Jeremiah sends them this letter to try and encourage them, to try and bring comfort, to try and bring some sort of hope in the middle of uh, real distraction, um, maybe real fear, real confusion. And this is the word that Jeremiah writes to the exiles. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So listen to this language. Build houses, settle down, 
plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give daughters, give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Verse 7, also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And so I suppose in different, in different ways, my mind has been drawn back to this verse. And as I think of the work that Rachel are doing within, with the young people, I think how we are praying for the peace of our community. We're praying that those within it would find peace and that they would prosper. And we are going to pray to the Lord for it, for the place that we've been called to, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. If we see our young people, if we see the, the, the kids in our school prosper, that will cause us. If we see them flourish, that is part of our flourishing, if we believe what Jeremiah is saying here. And so again, just to, just to pull back again, he's writing to a people in exile. And if you just think about where we've been over the last couple of years, and maybe you don't want to be, maybe you don't want to be drawn back, to, to the moments where it was of real challenge. But just like here, these people in Jeremiah's day, they had to alter their place of worship. There was no temple. There was no place to worship in Babylon. And so they had to alter their place of worship. And so for, for us, and thankfully we're... We're not at that place anymore, but that we've had to we've had to consider our our place of worship. It, there's been often right back maybe last year, we had to alter our place of worship because we couldn't open the doors of this place. Churches could not open their doors. We had to alter our place of worship, but it became our living rooms. And for some that was really good. For some that was life giving, to be able to take communion with your family around the living room that became your place of worship. We had to alter our place of worship. Um, here, they're living in a in a culture that they um, that they didn't understand, that they weren't comfortable with. They were essentially forced to comply with standards of living that they were not used to. They were forced, in many ways, to comply with the standards of living that they were not comfortable with. Maybe you found yourself in that place over the last number of months being having to comply with standards having to do things that you were never thought you would have to do things that you were not comfortable with things that you were not used to and as i've been reflecting on this passage as i've been i've been reflecting on the last number of months i ask myself the question how do you how do I remain faithful? How do we remain faithful? How do you live through difficult times and stay committed to God? And I think that is the heart behind Jeremiah writing this letter. How do you remain faithful when you've had to alter so much? How do you remain faithful when you've had to comply to standards that you were not always comfortable with? Because the reality is, the truth is, and we've seen it, we've seen it, especially on social media, and maybe you've, you've been part of conversations that there are, 
are many different ways to react. We can react in so many different ways to having to alter our place of worship and to comply with stuff that we're not necessarily comfortable with or used to. And we lash out physically. We can lash out verbally. There are other ways that we can react. We can express our anger. We can fight for our comfort and our rights. We see, you've, you've probably seen it and heard it as much as I have, a fighting for our comfort, a fighting for our rights. And that is, that is an option. That is an option available to you. Express your anger and fight for your comfort and fight for your rights. And I suppose that's what the people of Jeremiah could have done. They could have decided, well, we're, we're, we're not changing. We're not altering. We're not complying. We're not doing stuff that we're not comfortable with. We're not going to do stuff that we're not used to. That was an option for them, I think. Or they can do what Jeremiah recommended them to do. Express your anger, fight, or build houses, plan to stay, settle down, keep on showing up, plant gardens, and trust God. Sounds, maybe that sounds really simple to you, but I feel like they're the two options that, that are, were available to the people of Jeremiah, and it feels like they're the two things that are available to us. We continue to lash out. We continue to react. We continue to express our frustrations and our dissatisfaction, or we can build houses, plant gardens, and seek, actively seek, the peace and the prosperity of the place that we've been called to. And I just think there's a huge opportunity, like there was in Jeremiah's day, to learn together. One of the things that frustrate, frustrates me at times, and you've maybe heard it a wee bit filtering, filtering out of me on a Sunday morning, is that we've so, we've so privatized and personalized uh, the story that we've all been invited into. And so Jeremiah is not speaking to individuals. And so in, in 29 verse 11, when he says, for I know the plans that I have for you, that is, not a, that is not just a personal promise for you to hold on to for yourself. Jeremiah is speaking to a people. Plans I have for you as a people. And he's speaking here to a people. This is what I'm asking of you all. There is an opportunity to learn together. This is what is available to us. An opportunity for a community to get around each other. And on that note, I would encourage you to go if uh, something, again, if something has sparked within you about what REACH are doing across the ABC Council and in Dungannon, I'd encourage you to go, as I did last night, and went on a, uh, on a REACH um, mentoring video binge. And it was incredible, honestly. And to hear, to hear the language that was used by the principal of the Royal School in Dungannon was stunning. And that's what she said. She knew that this was something that her kids needed. And she gathered around. She, she realized that they needed money, they needed finances, all the stuff that Holly's mentioned. And, uh, and she just pulled a community together. Said, our kids need this. There's an opportunity for a community to pull in around each other. And so she got a load of principals, business leaders, church representatives, and, uh, and just called them to take ownership. Told them to, to gather around uh, uh, gather a community around them for the sake of their kids, to gather a community around for the sake of the peace and the prosperity of their young people. And I just found it so encouraging. I found it so life-giving just to watch some of the testimonies 
from teachers and from young people. And th- th- this is what is available to us. I love that Holly is going to going around the churches. How can we as a community learn together, grow together, develop together for the sake of our, our young people? And the word that I feel like the Lord's challenged me with as we've opened up the doors of our youth club here is that we're not running it at a time where any other organizations are running stuff. There's a way for us to complement rather than compete. And I think that's really important for us. I think it's a really important lesson for me anyway. As we consider the well-being of this place, it's going to require all of us to complement one another rather than compete. And, um, and so if, we're, if we really want to see the flourishing of our young people, if we want to see the flourishing of our communities, we're going to take the opportunity to learn together. We're going to take the opportunity to gather around a community, to gather around each other, to learn and to grow, to pray, to whatever it takes. And so I, uh, I know that some of what is being asked of us as followers of Jesus, no matter what the conversation is today, particularly it's around um, mentoring young people. But we come out of times of challenge, we come out of times of difficulty. And you could be forgiven for considering your own future, considering chasing after your own ambitions and your own dreams. And how these times have stunted your pursuit of your own future and your own plans and your own ambitions. And again, I think that's an option for you. You can continue to do that. Or I think we can do what, what, the, what the people of God did in, in Jeremiah 29. They, they decided to learn and to suffer and to wait and to grow collectively. And so there's a wee, maybe there's a wee bit of a tension in me, maybe feel like saying that, because I don't want, I don't want people to stop pursuing their, their own dreams and their own future. But I think that there needs to be a sort of a there needs to be a balance of what the call I think of God is to the people in Jeremiah's day and, and maybe a wee bit of what it is even in our day. In chasing our own futures. That maybe we need to learn to suffer and to wait and to grow collectively. And that's why I'm delighted that Reach are 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 moving into primary schools as well as the work that they're doing in the high schools this chance to, 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 to show that you're going to stick around. You're in this reach, it feels like they're in this for the long haul. So I love that they're in the Royal because now, now I don't know if Jada will go to the Royal, but that's, that's now a thing that be part of this mentoring program, P6 and P7, and then go to high school and they're there again to continue to stand with, to continue to support to continue to show up and cheer them on and um, listen really closely. And so the thing that I find most challenging at times when you speak to uh, parents within our community is just how their kids have not been able to keep up. Kids have not been able to keep up either because they haven't had the same access to 
to computers or the information that they need. And it just feels really unfair. Or they just maybe haven't had the access to a parent because the parent, single parents have been working and it's just not fair. They haven't been able to keep up and it's not their f nothing to do with them. It's, this is what's happened to them. It just feels really unfair. And I, and I think as Rach move into the move into primary schools, continue their work in the schools, it feels to me, as I was praying about this this morning, it feels like there's, a ch there's just this opportunity to level the playing field. And again, I'm not going to talk much around this. I just felt like the Lord drew me this morning to Luke chapter 3. And was talking about um, how many maps are in this Bible of yours? Uh, talking about Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist preparing the way. And he's, uh, he says, the voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for them. And then it says, every valley shall be filled in and every mountain shall be made low. And so I may be taking this out of context, but it just felt like as, as the Lord was reminding me of this opportunity for us to level the playing field, given a chance to raise up those who have been left behind. There is a chance to level the playing field, and I think that is, speaks to something of what John was, came to do. Uh, every mountain shall be, or every valley shall be filled in, every mountain shall be made low. There was this chance just to level the playing field. And so regardless of whether I'm taking that verse out of context, the reality is that's what Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus made his life's mission leveling the playing field. He spent his whole life doing that. Finding and sitting with those who were disadvantaged in order to raise them up. Sitting with those who, who had been brought low. And Mary, speak, Mary sings of that in her song in Luke 2. Like, he lifts those up. He raises those up who have been brought low. That's what he did. And so those people within the Gospels that needed someone to sit with them, that's who Jesus prioritized in order to raise them up. Those who were low of status, those who didn't have the same opportunities, those who were born in the wrong place or born at the wrong time, Jesus comes and sits with them. To those who were at a disadvantage, that's what he spent his whole life doing. There's something about how Jesus lived that reminds us of what I think the goal of Jeremiah's letter to the exiles was. As, you as, as they find their well-being, you too will find yours. And that maybe seems a bit selfishly driven. Because there's some, but there's something about that that's true. As we go after the well-being of this place, that's where we're going to find ours. As we go after the peace and the prosperity of the the community and the people around us, that's where we're going to find our well-being, that's where we're going to find our peace. And so I love what Jeremiah challenges the people with. He challenges them just to be really consistent. Plan to stay. Be there for the long haul. So what I talked briefly with, with David about, I think, during the week. I'm really glad that we're engaging in the lives of of the P6s and P7s. There's just opportunity for us just to be really consistent. We're gonna metaphorically in some ways we're gonna build houses and plant gardens. We're gonna be here. We're gonna we plan to stay, we plan to settle down. We want to communicate that to them. Um and so uh, 
And so again, just like Jesus, he's always the same. Jesus is really consistent. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews reminds us of that. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, and our communities, our people, we, I, I just need consistency in my life, and our young people need consistency in theirs. And so whether it is reach, or whether it is our, this church, or whether it's hub youth, or whether it's even the, the drop-in shops, whatever, whatever it is that you represent here, I think the call for all of us, and I finish with these again with the closing uh, verse, Jeremiah 29, verse 7. This is, this, is the, this is the call and the challenge to us all to seek the well-being of the town and the village. And I think, again, reach the church, the youth, drop it, whatever. We have an opportunity to seek the well-being of the town and the village that we've been called to. The second thing, that we plead on its behalf with to, to Yahweh, to the Lord, we plead on its behalf. And again, as we've said, whether it's volunteering with, with us on a Thursday night or a Friday afternoon, or it's volunteering with Reach, or it's volunteering in a shop, whatever it is, plead on its behalf with Yahweh, but actually there's an opportunity to put some feet to your prayers to be the answer to the prayer that you're praying. And then finally, because in its well-being, there will be well-being for you. So, um, so yeah, thanks, thanks Holly. We're uh, grateful that you've been here. Grateful for some of the thoughts that you've sparked in me as I've uh, just prepared for you being here today. And, um, and so we're excited for you, and we just pray the Lord would, would really bless you. And for all of us, there's challenge and opportunity for us all here. And, um, and so why don't, we, why don't we acknowledge that for a moment? Can we just reflect for a moment? And then, uh, and then I'll pray. Yeah, Father, thank you for, thank you that you are consistent. Thank you that you never fail, that you never give up. Thank you that you never leave, you never walk away, you never forsake. Thank you that you are firm, that you're steadfast, that you're overflowing in compassion and mercy and kindness. Thank you, that's who you are, that's who you've always been. Father, I thank you, each one of us that sit in this room today, God, made in your image. And I just pray that um, as we continue to worship, as we continue to, to seek your face, God, that you, would, uh, that you would spark the divine within us.
And God, the work that Rachel are doing right across this area, God, as they seek to spark the divine within our young people, would you bless them, God, and would you continue to use them, continue to, God, just uh, the momentum that's been built, thank you for that. Thank you for fruit, thank you for growth, thank you for health, God, and I just pray that, um, that you would bless them. God, let's think of this place as, God, we continue to, to offer it, God, to you as we, we, we offer this place to God. Would you just use it for your, for your purposes? Would you use it for, your, for what you want to see happen in this place, God? And thank you that we can partner with you to see uh, the divine just spark in the lives of boys and girls in this, in this village and beyond. Yeah, and God, I just pray for the, even in my mind, God, just picturing two or three of the kids in this community, God, that um, we just hold before you. And God, we have an opportunity to either express frustration at certain behaviors, or we have a chance to, to listen, to raise them up. God, those that have uh, have just struggled the last couple of years that have found it really difficult. God, we just pray that you would help us um, to be able to love, to be able to serve, to be able to lay down our lives for the for others. God, sometimes we have these lofty opinions, these lofty ideas of what that looks like. But we're already seeing fruit of it's it's just opening the place and showing up and cheering them on and championing them, believing in them, God. And so we pray that you would that you would help us. And God, I even think of the I think of the, the, the shops, the drop in shops in this area too. God, as we seek the well being of the place that you've called us to, God, we pray that you would see life. Say people come alive in the things and the purposes of God as even the divine will be sparked in them. So, Father, we seek the peace and the prosperity of this place. We choose to learn, to grow, to suffer, to wait together. In its well-being, we will find ours. And God, I'm just so conscious of the hearty right now. And um, God, I'm holding the teachers before you in their experience of such loss, in their experience of just that collective grief that they're sensing today. God, I pray that you would surround them with your presence surround them with your with your love God the wisdom to respond well in these moments bless them I pray yeah so uh, for everyone in the room bless them God for those watching on bless them in Jesus name Amen <laughs>